Welcome to Parenting with Vanessa Clones podcast. Today I want to talk about how it's not always the child. What does that mean? Exactly what it is, <laughs> what it says. It's not always the child. Sometimes it's the environment, sometimes it's other things, but I think everyone has, you know, the perception that when a behavior occurs, then you just think it's the child. It's always the child. Well, when reality is, it might be just be the environment. So I ended up meeting somebody on an airplane coming back from Miami because I was just there this week. And I was talking to this mom and she was saying how, you know, her kid, you know, has a hard time with just, you know, simple multiple step directions, you know, is writing is a little bit harder for him to do at times. You know, if she asks him to do something, he doesn't really do it. And he's really struggling at school. Like he doesn't ask, you know, he doesn't raise his hand. He also, um, what else is it? Like he doesn't raise his hand. He, he's always talking, like always talking has major anxiety over certain things and situations. And so I was like, you know, listen, like I, you know, I'm leaving on Sunday. I mean, I was leaving on Monday, but maybe I can leave a little bit later. So I ended up having, and I went to the house, we did an intervention. And so as I was talking to this child, I was just, you know, I had a lot of information from the parent prior. So with that, I was kind of leading with, with that information, which is number one, probably, you know, not the best way to do it. Cause I think for me, I've always led with when a family calls me, I'm like, don't give me a lot of information. I want to figure it out myself. Like I'm always about like, okay, how do we figure this out and take it to the next step from the child's perspective? Because that's what, that's who's the one is actually struggling, not the parent, right? The parent sees the child struggling, but it's what the parent's perception is not what's actually happening with the child. So um, we ended up, I ended up going to the house and I, you know, I was asking all these different questions. And of course, like he's not, he's, you know, he's up and down, like running around and I'm just going, Oh wow, this is a kid with a lot of energy, right? Like you can only imagine and come to find out, you know, you know, he's missing recess because, you know, he doesn't have time. He doesn't have time during the day to finish the work, which is like an automatic in my head. No, the kid needs to be outside. Like for a child to regulate, if you're going to keep them inside all the time, just even just to finish the work, that's a huge issue right there alone, because then they're not be able to like let that energy out and actually focus versus missing other things. So to me, it's like, let the energy out and then go back to the assignment. Right. So, and then we were doing other things and they're talking about math facts. And like, I, I know that, you know, they're doing common core curriculum, like other things like that. And the in the public school and everything else, which is very confusing for a lot of kids that have processing issues. Right. So they're doing all this stuff. And so we're, he's like telling me what's hard for him, what's not. And he can do all the problems. No problem. Like I actually had no issue with him doing the math problems. There was zero math issue there. But what come to find out, he's like, it's the time that goes with it. So it's the timed math problems, right? So if you have a timed math problem and you don't get it done in time, the stress level increases. He starts fidgeting. He's not being successful. He's, and the child starts to feel less than. So then what happens when a child feels less than inside, they start to act out. They, you start to see other behaviors. You start to see a child like slowly go down into their self-worth and how they're feeling, right? So that's one of the things that I think is really important to understand that it's not the child, but really the environment. So if he was in a, a classroom and they just hand him a sheet of paper without the timer, how's he going to do? My guess he's going to do a lot better than with the timer, so then why, like, as we're looking at different children and how the education system is going, why are we putting everyone in a box? You know, I mean, I just, I, I really don't understand why. 
you know, I understand is an I the IEP, and I, I always forget the other one. It's like a 504, which is for kids with ADHD and everything else. And come to find out the child did have an IEP, younger for speech, but then that was dropped. So my question is this. A lot of times you start to see earlier signs, and it happens to be a speech delay, so then you get an IEP, but there's other things going on, but that happens to be the first thing they notice. But once they get started to speech, they then they're talking, they're doing more, then that gets dropped. And then if you ha- and then if but if you're fine academically, right? So if you're fine academically, you don't need extra support. But what about the social emotional learning? What about being able to do a group project with your peers? What about being able to look at a timer and saying, I can do these things, but you can't do it. like it's just hard. Right. So you have, you know, you know, this like the public school system is like, okay, well, academic they're they're fine. The social emotional is something else. But I to me it's all together. You know, that's all together. How do you do a group project? That's still academics. You know, this child was having a really hard time. You know, he wants to always be the leader. He wants to be like, okay, this is how you do it, because he has a hard time. You know, everything's black or white, there's not a lot of gray. So then again, like how do you go into this whole thing of like teaching a child the, the all like, you know, it's life skills, you know, I mean, that's where I come from. I mean, I might be, you know, out there a little bit at times, but I do believe that the social emotional learning and be able to work in a group is a huge part of, you know, academics, but it might not be for everyone because other people are struggling too. And so when I say it's not only the child, but if the child is in a wrong environment, you're going to see different behaviors versus having, being in an environment that's supportive to their learning, so that, that's where we look at like, okay, well, what makes the most sense? And at the moment I'm doing this intervention and I just looked at the mom and I go, this is not a child, this is not a child problem. This is a school problem. If a teacher can't see that the child is super anxious, shutting down, having behaviors over a timesheet, but they have to do it. I mean, that's obviously an administration problem, right? So then where do we go? Like if we're in, and I understand that you have to have accommodations and modifications. So you have to go through a system, but the system takes a long time. And on top of that system taking a long time, you also have like, what if you don't have, what if you don't even know about the resources out there? You know, what if you have a family that doesn't have the, that speaks a different language and they're not sure, like, you know, these are things to think about. And like, unfortunately the system, you know, there's so many loopholes to do unless you know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. It's like me starting a business. I don't know what I don't know until I don't know. And I've, 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 I figured it out after I made a mistake. You're, you know, I'm always making mistakes. <laughs> but, you know, today when I was, like, talking to the child, I'm like, this is an education problem because, A, if he's so stressed out about this and he can't even st- – he, he refuses to do any math, he's having behaviors at home, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing as teachers and as educators when a child is completely shutting down over, you know, 14 minus 9, in a timed setting, like, does it really matter? He can do 14 minus nine his own way, but not in a sense of where he has to be, you know, timed and, and what, it, and then what is the right. And then, and then there's that comparison of like comparing yourself to other people or what is, or my, my friend did it faster than me. Then you start to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not that smart. Right? So again, it's, you know, it's the environment that you're setting up the child to be successful, you know, when you come into my school, you have kids on the floor, you have kids on the chair, you have kids, I mean, you have kids all over the place. And I even have kids look at their worksheets beforehand. I'm like, do we need to modify them? What do we need to do to make the child successful? So as an educator, and as you were looking at how, you know, there's more, as we're coming out of COVID in this pandemic, anxiety is high. I'm sorry. It, like the anxiety that I'm seeing in kids in San Francisco or California, wherever, wherever it is, is super high, you know, and parents 
have struggled this last year of just trying to teach and they're starting to see like, okay, wait, my kid, if you say write three sentences, really need help starting and then maybe ending, but they can get that, you know, they might be able to do the capital in the period at the end, but then coming up with the next thing and having their own thoughts is difficult. But today it really hit me like, you know, I am very fortunate that I developed the school that children, their needs are being met at all times. Right. So if, you know, if they need to modify a worksheet, we're going to do it. If, if I'm coming in and I'm noticing like half the class is in a bad mood, I'm like, you know what, today's just going to be a fun day. And like, I, I'm not going to fight every kid and, and it does happen. And I'm not blaming the child for having a mood because adults have moods too. So, you know, and when I say it's not always a child, it's like being able to take a step back as an educator and saying, okay, what makes the most sense for this child to help them. But th- these time tests that we're doing, I just, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, even the thought of it makes me like cringe. Cause I mean, I've always had so many issues around, um, that, I mean, the anxiety alone. And, and I remember when I was a kid that we would have these spelling, spelling bees, right. And you would stand up. And then if you could spell the word, you stay up. And if you can't spell, you sit down, dude, I always sat down with the first one. The teacher started to notice and felt bad for me and would actually make it a word that I can actually do and spell. Because I mean, once again, what do we do in the child's self-esteem? I mean, this is all like, I don't see how you can say it's only academic versus social, emotional. Those are all different components, but they're all interrelated. So as we're looking at education and as we're looking at these things, these are the things we want to look at modifications. Can we get rid of the timer if a child needs it without the IEP, without all these things before everything's in place? Because they will come in place, you know, and the mom, the parents are already stressed, like, well, how do we get this done? And I'm like, you know, you could talk to your teacher and hopefully they'll do that. But I don't, you know, I don't know the rules. So I, this is where I'm not, I'm not in the public setting. So, but how do we get them to be able to get it to where they're able to, you know, function and be successful without feeling bad about themselves. I mean, the kid at the beginning says, I'm not going to do math facts with you at all. I'm period. I'm not going to do it. And then when I was like figuring out what was actually going on, he goes, well, at the end, I'm like, what if we got rid of the timer? He's like, I'll do it. I mean, hello right there. That's the answer. I mean, he just told me the answer. He's willing to work on himself if we're able to meet him halfway. And so I think that this is really important as you're looking at a child that's like, well, they can't do this or they're having, you know, behavior and they might be really struggling. And so instead of thinking like, oh, my kid is disruptive and they're not following directions, it's really like, well, you know what? They're struggling. Struggling looks different for everybody, right? I struggle in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, I have a really hard time with, you know, I don't even like, I guess I don't even know what I'll have a hard time. I've had a hard time with a lot of things. I don't know. Reading is number one. <laughs> like reading's hard for me and contracts. Like I need to have people around me that I actually trust to help me. And if I have somebody that, you know, doesn't have my best interest on my side, I'm in trouble. Like I admit that, <laughs> like, but that's also why I ask my parents that I, that I'm working with their kids for help first, because I know that they're looking out for their child's best interest, which is me, <laughs> right? They want to make sure that I'm staying afloat and I'm doing the best that I can. So they're going to help me the most that they can. But if I have somebody that doesn't have my best interest and I'm looking at a paragraph, like I'm going to read it wrong. You know, it's just like if you're telling me to go left, I'm going to go right. I, I mean, I just do the opposite. Like I, and if you give me a, a time spelling bee, oh my gosh, I'm going to be having, I'll be sweating. I'll be super anxious or a mouth thing. And I mean, this is where I'm just coming from my own personal experience and seeing that we're still doing this 
you know, and I got another kid at my school and he was zooming in and it was like, well, write the, write the word five times, but yet he can write no problem. And he just thought it was the stupidest thing ever. And I would have all these behaviors. And I finally was like, fine, if you misspell the word, you're going to write it five times. He agreed to it. Right. So again, it's modifying the work. It's like not doing this repetitive stuff just to get it done. It's like actually having the child think and like what they're doing. Okay, well, we made a mistake on this word. So then we're going to do it differently. And I even told the parents, I'm like, you're not going to get five words like written out on this piece of paper if he knows how to spell it. Like, what's the point? <laughs> Unless it's a writing assignment. So, right, here's the difference, right? You have creative writing, which you're going to look at your thoughts on the paper, but you're not going to look at the penmanship there because you're going to look at the thoughts. Now, if you're looking at the writing, you're going to look at the writing, not the actual things that are written, right? Do you see the difference? So, it's what you're teaching. So a child that having this anxiety over, you know, a time or other things like that and has a hard time writing, and then it takes so long to be able to get the thoughts on the paper, I would just have them dictate it or have them do something or have someone else write it because it, the amount of time it takes to write, if they're struggling writers physically, then you would want to make sure that you're getting that paper, that the ideas out. So that that's another part that you want to look at, you know? So as we're looking at, like, is it, always the child. It's not always the child. It's the environment. You know, and I think we look at like, oh my God, my kid's not listening and they're doing all these things, but really it's the environment. If the child is not set up to be successful, what's going to happen? Right. And so then if the child thinks they're not successful, then what happens? Behaviors. So we really want to look at like, okay, Let's take a step back. How do we make a child be successful? Yes, there's multiple hoops you have to go through. There's the IEP. There's a 5014. And if I'm getting this the, that one wrong, I apologize, but you'll know what it is. But kids are ADHD. Things that you can modify, having worksheets be modified, have a child be able to take more breaks, get rid of the timer. You know, I mean, there is a thing of being able to take tests longer than what you can normally, right? So if you can take a test longer and not have that time constraint, you're not going to have that anxiety and you're going to have that time to be able to do it. Because he even said, if I do 14 times mine with my fingers, I can do it. It's not a problem, but it has to be under two minutes, you know, 50, like 20. I don't even, I don't even know. I'm not even going to say how many questions because I'm not going to pretend I know something that I don't because that's not going to help anyone in this podcast. Right. So, you know, these are the things to think about as you're looking at like, okay, is the environment correct for my child? And I remember this was a very, you know, this was a learning experience. Years ago, I got a kid and he was in the, in the corner of the classroom and sometimes under the bench, under the chair, rocking nonstop. And his anxiety was like through the roof. You know, he, for the first day, he didn't even talk. And, and the parents wanted him there. So we got him a shadow, which I call the social coach. So someone's in there helping him. And I remember thinking, wow, like, I don't like what school is, what school is going to be great for him? Cause he doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. And I mean, he would literally sit in the corner, just rock back and forth and you, it would break my heart. Cause I'm like, what is going on? And the parents like, well, can we try him in your school? And I'm like, well, I'm thinking, okay, do we need a support professional? Do we need a one-on-one? Like what, what does this child need? Okay. Well, guess what he needed? nothing except the right environment. The kid like shined in my school. Like he did so well. I mean, he was, he is such a musician, like literally like a huge musician and just like, um, very creative, artistic. Um, he just needed the right environment where he can actually flourish, but too many kids was too much. 
So that's kind of where we're going at with all of this of like, if you don't have the right environment for the child, they're not going to do well. And then you're going to have behaviors that come up. And the other thing that's coming up, I have this runner. Oh my gosh. So we have a story about this, this runner. I'll talk about him another time, but I'm really excited because I haven't seen him since the, I want to say the blue angels, not this year, but well, no, like they were canceled. But he was there for the Blue Angels, and he's coming back. And the mom's like, "Well, you know, he hasn't had a flight. He hasn't had any. Hadn't he hasn't eloped in a while?" And I'm like really excited because I mean I've literally saved his Legos from a year and a half ago, and he knows exactly where they're at. And I don't think I have any issues. But we will talk about him later on just the the, the issue around trust and how that works. But. Um, yeah, like, again, the right environment. So when you have a kid that is going to, like, take off and, you know, not feel trusted or hurt and just runs and, like, literally in the middle of the street and there's a safety issue going on here, so then where, where does that child go to school? So, But we've had enough interventions with this kid where I've gotten him to the place where he actually will, like, run to, like, a different room and... I don't know. Like he's going to be with me all camp. So that's all I would tell you. He's been right next to me the whole time. And he actually did an interview for CBS and he wanted to talk about how this school understood him. So again, it's the environment, not always the child. And sometimes it is the parents, how they're interacting with their child. That's going to escalate something else. And if you don't have the right tools or the right tools, then all of a sudden you have a child with behaviors happening and you're just wondering what just happened. Some kids do very well with the consequence. Others do not. Others backfire if the consequence doesn't match the behavior or vice versa. If the relationship at that point is a little strained and you're in a tug of war, that's another thing. So I think it's really important to understand that every child's different with their interventions. Every child, you know, is just, it's just different. And, you know, I, I one time worked with a family with three boys. All three had a different intervention. All three had to do something different to get them to the next step. But one of them couldn't do consequences because they had no self-worth. We had to do something else. It was about the relationship. The other one likes the reward system. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> the sky's the limit when it comes. You know, unfortunately, your child doesn't have a manual when they're born. You can find more tips in my book, Shut Up and Parent. I hope you like this podcast and we'll be back next week. Thank you.